Hey, it's Nick. James and I haven't talked in a bit, so we hopped on a quick call and caught up. We talked a little bit about 3D printing and some other topics, so hope you all enjoy it. And thank you to everyone who's used our Visoon affiliate link. We really appreciate that, and they've been a great partner for this podcast. So, you know, Visoon creates amazing Keyshot assets. That makes it really easy for you and I to just drag and drop stuff into Keyshot, not have to worry about materials and setting up a scene, just making a nice scene with your object. And of course, you can support the podcast by buying some merch if you like. Good way to get a little something in return. And yeah, you all know the deal. Give us that like, give us that five star, give us that review. I'm trying to think what what's new. Maybe on YouTube, give us a comment. Give us a comment on YouTube. And yeah, let's hit that amazing intro by Kyoshi the Kid. Hey, welcome to Minor Details. I'm Nick. And I'm James. We're two designers across the country. Sweating the small stuff. It's been a little bit, James. Yes, it has. It's been a uh, long time. It's been ages. Like like three months or something, but for you, I'm sure it's like three years. Tell tell us. Tell us about the the time warp that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I... uh, we we now have a another kid. Congratulations, we have a son! Thank you very much. Since um, August, we have a son, Nolan. Um, and it's been wild. It's been a wild ride. He's yeah. uh, recently in the last, I guess, in the last couple of weeks, he started smiling, which is always that's a that's like a great moment because like the the just like compounded sleep deprivation and everything you're just looking at for like light at the end of the tunnel and you just get that first smile and it's like oh yes yes oh, that's uh, great. I, so <laughs> I guess oh this is me being not very knowledgeable but I didn't really think that at a certain point a baby would start to smile I guess. I mean, I, I guess that makes sense, right? Yeah, they, they probably wouldn't smile as like, you know, a month-old baby, right? They pretty much have emotionless faces for the first. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of like the different facial expressions, but yeah, you don't you don't get a smile unless it's like, yeah, just like a total random muscle twitch mm. or something. <laughs> um, but yeah. But it definitely just feels like a total time warp um, from then to now. It, yeah, it feels like years have passed. Because <laughs> um, we're like every day, Allison and I are like talking about how how we can like better manage our schedules and like and everything and, you know, like where we're falling behind. And we're like, wait, we've only had him for two months, like. We need to cut ourselves some slack, you know. It's like, it uh, it doesn't. It, it feels it feels much longer than that. There's a saying that's on a a mug, of mine, because <laughs> I have mugs that have sayings now. As you, um, as as all dads do, yeah. <laughs> yes, uh, it's actually from this toy company called Love Every that sends like developmental toys every two months. It's like a subscription service. But um, it says the year, the the days are long, but the years are short. So it it like it, it yeah it goes mm. by both slow and fast. Right. Um, but yeah, man. So just um, trying to trying to retain sanity. Right. Um, but... You told me about your uh, coffee uh, scenario nowadays. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I feel like the last time I talked about my coffee habits, I was doing like cold brew or maybe AeroPress, and now well, you're always doing something fancy. Yeah, well, now I, I do. I have a subscription to Cometeer, which is like, 
they brew like coffee concentrate into aluminum capsules and then like flash freeze them. And so they arrive on your doorstep with, um, you know, dry ice packets inside. Oh, wow. And, um, the idea is there's a couple different ways that you're supposed to be able to brew them. But basically what I do is stick it in the fridge overnight. It like melts in the fridge and then you, I pour it into a glass, pour some oat milk in, chug it. And like, that was enough for a while, but now I've like, I've had to escalate to two capsules. (laughs) I don't, I don't know how much coffee that equates to or how much caffeine. Um, but it's a nice jolt. Um, and I also, (laughs) what's that? Well, I was just gonna say, I feel like the picture in my head is like you, you have, you're like have a baby in one hand and try to, you know, keep the toddler out of (laughs) trouble with the other hand. And then you, you go in and you grab your commentator thing and you just like rip it, rip the lid off, like with your teeth and just pull it in straight. No. So, so what it is, is I, at four in the morning, Allison is like, take this baby and so i take the baby i have it in my arm i have it sleeping i have to keep it sleeping and the challenge with sleeping babies is if you're not holding them with both hands he he could just randomly like fling his head back Mm. you know like they they have like no control and so and that would wake him up and then that would just be like a catastrophe right and so you're just like trying to like do as much as you can to control him and so what i'm doing is like grabbing the cometeer putting it down to the counter grabbing a butter knife and literally stabbing (laughs) the top of it and like and then pouring it into the glass um yeah it's real rambo stuff um but uh (laughs) and then we also i also was just like uh you know Allison loves espresso drinks and so do I. And I was like, but I, I do not have time. I can't do a Breville. I can't do a Breville. I like, I, it, you know, it's too manual. So I was looking into semi-automatic machines or fully, uh, or I think they're called super automatic. Right. And where you um, just press and, latte and it gives you a latte, right? Yeah. yeah. So there's this company called, uh, TerraCaf or Terra cafe or something. They're, I think they're based in Brooklyn, um, and they do a super automatic espresso machine, you know, beans in the hopper, grinds them up, you know, does, like, creates the puck, brews the coffee all within the machine, dispenses the coffee into a bin, um, also has, like, a little hose <laughs> that goes from the, like, brew unit out to, like, a cup of milk, so you mm. can do your you, do your foam from there. It's pretty cool. I got the TK01, which is their first one. I really want the TK02, but it's not out yet. But it's very like, um, it's the first machine is very like uh, corporate ID. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, it right now. And, it's- and the new machine is more, I don't, what would you say? Teenage engineering or it's well, very I gotta, like. I got to look it up here. So wait, the it's very sh- it's very sharp. TKO two. I wonder if we can. Could, could we do screen share? Is that a thing? I uh, I feel like I've tried. <laughs> didn't we try that before? And I ended up closing the entire here, thing. Here, maybe I can I can do it here. Yeah, you should try it. Let me give me a give me a second here. Um. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so that's the TK01. It's a nice, you know, nice looking machine. And if you aren't looking, um, it's it's a nice uh, rounded rounded cube. <laughs> cube with some yes. floats on it. Um for sure. TK02. It's very um I would say TK01 is very like um what what's what is the 2010s? Like I is there an, a name for that decade? uh 2010s Min- the 2010s no, i i would just say that like it's very like 2010 ID. um 2010s id Ooh, and the then 02 is TK- nice you got the tko2 
it's definitely more I don't know harder, if it's, harder edges. Yeah. I don't know if it's showing up on the... Uh, I still oh. see the TK01. Oh. And technical difficulties. Yeah, the TK02 looks really nice. It's, you know, it's more expensive. Um, I definitely like this look a lot more. Super crisp, minimal. I think, like, one of the things about the TK01 is that everything that you have to sort of grab and from is on the sides of the machine. So like the water tank and where the pucks, like where the coffee pucks um, dispense after they're brewed, everything is on the sides of the machine. But I think on the TKO2, one of the things they did was put everything on the front, which is like the side thing is definitely a pain point for me because, you know, on a countertop, you're often trying to like consolidate things Mm-hmm. you know sort of in rows and so there's like a whole you know we have like a coffee station and so like having having those doors open to the sides is is kind of a major inconvenience but i think the coffee is really good and it's on the cheaper end or like i would say like cheap to mid-range of of sort of super automatic espresso the tko2 is like definitely price you know it's pricier 1500 um, i mean yeah that's i don't like- know if a nice espresso machine you get like a yeah but this one does but everything so it's it is totally what i don't know that i've ever said this on the podcast before but one of the things that i've that you start to realize about products because i feel like there's there's often this this sentiment of like do we really need all this stuff do we need to save this time like couldn't you just hand wash your own dishes <laughs> wait, wait, wait 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 i am not <laughs> Who says they I, want to hand wash dishes for the rest of their life? I well, I feel like it's you know it's sort of um, it's sort of like a green mindset of like, like we don't need all this fancy stuff. Like we just need to, like, you know, slow yeah. down. You okay. can you can sure. you can do your pour over. You can do your you know, and like while I love all that stuff, I loved it before I had kids, and then after having kids, it's like. The ability to just like press a button and walk away, like it's you know many children's lives have probably been saved by <laughs> by machines that are able to like automate these tasks because it's just you know it's uh it's just one of those things where like you don't realize you just don't know until you have kids and you know and i'm sure it changes as your kids get older like i can get back into like the more artisanal like you know ways of brewing coffee but for right now it's just like i just need a caffeine injection right now <laughs> yeah that's um, i mean that that's a that's a definitely a good observation i would say like yeah i i, I don't think everything i i understand maybe the coffee thing about that because it's like if you want to make a nice espresso and like with a really nice espresso machine and you want to craft it and make it nice but the dishwasher thing or like a Roomba like I, I'm in full support of that like <laughs> I don't want to be like oh, my- mopping the floors because I think it's yeah. a better way um, oh no but it's it's funny my uh- I visited my family um, recently it was my dad's 60th birthday and uh, oh happy birthday yeah happy birthday dad and um you know, they they kind of are almost more have almost more tech than I do. I feel like uh, they have an Alexa in like every room of the house, and they're constantly oh, wow. like, "Alexa, play some music, play some soft jazz." And I'm not a, I'm not a big Alexa guy. Like, I, I'd rather just like play something from my phone. You know, I don't want like you know Amazon listening in all the time. Right. Um, right. And uh, they also have the yeah. Roomba. I think they have both the vacuum one and the mop one. I didn't even nice. know. Nice. I mean, I, I was like, I feel like that's a pretty new thing to have. It's crazy, man. It's like, because it, it just, the house is always clean. It's like kind of wild. That's funny. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we the, we have an Alexa, and really the the best use case for it is for us is like setting timers while we're cooking dinner. Yeah. Like that's what we use it for constantly. And m- more recently been using it for reminders. 
Um, but other than that, that's, that's pretty much it. Um, but yeah, no, and it's interesting, um, you know, maybe touching a little bit on the AI conversation. It's funny how, like, I feel like I'm like, my wife has sent me some things like the AI stuff, the like benefits of chat GPT or some function of chat GPT is starting to, um, invade the, like, uh, like Instagram, like the parent Instagram sort of like influence space where people are like, did you know that you can use chat GPT to like plan your meals for the week? (laughs) And then write you a shopping list and, and like, I, you know, I put, I used it. I was like, yeah, this is definitely, I mean, this is something that I'm totally inept at. And the, the que- it is I, so nice. The question I have, James, is did it give you the correct ingredients for your meals or did it like give you <laughs> three dozen eggs or something crazy? Yeah, no, is it, the meals are not that complicated. Okay. Have a grilled cheese on Thursday. What ingredients you need? <laughs> cheese, bread. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty awesome. And you know what I was using um, Google for today was looking up. Uh, I was using Google Bard to look up patents. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, you can. Uh, you know, because there's Google patents. Right. But I was having trouble with the search in the patent search and like you can just type in a company and be like what patents do they have and i don't i don't know if the the accuracy is that good like i don't know if you're getting everything but sure. it did yeah it did give me some relevant things and it's i was like, like a jumping oh, off this point. is this is sweet um because like patent searching is really it's like a craft yeah and yeah i mean the whole idea of patents as a whole you know oh yeah we've we did we did an episode of on patents it would be interesting to kind Uh, of bring that up in the future i don't know if we need to talk about it right now but yeah i feel like lots Um, of change especially in terms of ai and and just business stuff totally what's new with you nick i mean you had some you decided to get some i don't know higher profile highly qualified co-hosts for the last two episodes (laughs) We had some good guests like, on, um, and that was that was nice. And yeah, I guess I've just been just been working. Uh, I, oh, I had there's a few things. Look at this. See this? Hey. <laughs> uh, it's a uh, Meyer Details hat. Nice. I don't wear I don't wear hats, so maybe I send this to you, James. But it's it's a uh, nice, made out of a uh, like corduroy. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you say maybe I'll send you a hat to the co-host. Of the podcast <laughs> with the logo on it. Maybe I'll send it to you. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, I can, I can well, definitely send you one, James. I appreciate it. Got some nice, oh, nice. Mugs, mugs as well. And the mugs say, sweating the small stuff. Mm, nice. Yeah. I guess that's backwards in the video. I don't know if it's forwards on the YouTube, but... Um, um we also got a white version too if you like a white mug instead nice just simple things i mean it's like you know we've been kind of wanting to put up some sort of merch store for a while it's not anything crazy but it's a nice way to kind of support the pod and you know get a little something in return yeah i need that hat because i've been wearing this philadelphia flyers the hockey team if you didn't know nick i did not know. uh, <laughs> uh i've been wearing this hat uh mostly because i i really like I like kind of like the real super seventies logo. Mm, mm-hmm. Um, but I was wearing it on Halloween night in our neighborhood and a neighbor that I haven't met. He was like, yeah, well, you know, the flyers are looking pretty good this year. And I'm like, I know who the flyers are. I know about the team. I like the logo. I am not at all up to date on Like, I don't, I don't watch any sports really. Oh and gosh. so I was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, and then just, just like totally, total mind, mind blank. Uh oh. Nick cut out on my end. Start recording when you start talking about the Philly Flyers. But that was just the video. We got some audio there. Yeah, whatever. 
we'll cut it together. Um, but <laughs> it's gonna be great. In uh, in other updates, um, got this little bad boy. Oh, baby, I'm living in the metaverse. I got the Quest Three. Um, yeah, I gotta say it's it's uh, quite an improvement. Um, I mean, design wise, it's nice. You know, it's 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 much smaller than all the other headsets. Um, you know, it has the three kind of pill-shaped eyes on the front, which maybe is my only, I guess, hesitation on the ID. But obviously, mm-hmm. there's a lot of constraints there. I don't know how, what else you could do. Maybe a a bigger shield there. I, you know, there's many ways. Has to anybody that like? made it into a koala kind of looks like a koala <laughs> face it you know? does yeah 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 i can see that i i think i a the nose of a koala is probably my favorite form in nature <laughs> i kind of i gotta look up a koala nose is it just like a pill shape <laughs> it, no it's it's like it's kind of a blobby shape but it's just like it looks like a mouse like you could make a computer mouse that looks like a koala nose Ooh, yeah wow that is that's kind of crazy not gonna lie um yeah. don't lie nick don't lie <laughs> if it's <laughs> about whether it's crazy or not it's not worth lying about um but i i did want to kind of give a, a rundown of the quest 3 because i think obviously people usually ask for a, a review from me. So I would say from using it over the past month or so, like it feels like it's maybe twice as good as the Quest Pro and three times as good as the Quest 2, um, which is crazy wow. because the Quest Pro came out last year for three times the price. So yeah, I, got, I got suckered in on that one, but that's okay. I support I support. <laughs> Support Zuck and his metaverse plans. <laughs> this is the price of early adoption, Nick. It is, it is. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, and probably for most designers, is just the quality of the pass-through. You can, you can pretty much see everything, so much so that like I can sit down and type on the computer. I don't think you would want to do it for like a long period of time. It's not like that crystal clear but it's enough for i can like google something really quick if i need to or like check my phone and text send a text really quick um like you don't want to do it forever but it's like pretty pretty nice Hmm. um the other thing too is the um the hand tracking is really good the controller tracking is really good i think better than the quest pro and it's it's so crystal clear that the user interface feels much more like that movie um, where they're like touching the screen. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Minority Report. Yes, mm-hmm. I just know the meme essentially, but uh, it it feels like that. It feels like yeah, I can reach out, grab a screen, and use my finger to actually touch the screen. Obviously, there's no physical nice. feedback, uh, but in any previous version that it didn't feel natural just because I don't think it was clear enough um, or realistic enough. So yeah, yeah, highly recommend. I always like to get the uh, pro strap too because I think that always helps kind of the the weight distribution. Um, and What's usually the pro get a, strap. It's this um, kind of plastic piece on the back. So instead of having like just a fabric strap that wraps around your head, oh, you have this. Yeah kind of structural thing that cups your head um and also like to get a nice facial interface i don't have one right now i don't think they've made any yet but i always like to get like a leather one so it's nicer on your your face than the usual nice but yeah james if you get a little uh quest three then we can hang out in the metaverse together (laughs) should we start potting in the metaverse are there Did you see there was that uh when it first came out there was the episode with Lex Friedman and Mark Zuckerberg in the metaverse? Did you see that? Right. Yeah. Well they that were, was that was like beta for the facial 
stuff, wasn't it? Or is that like a thing now? No, it's not a thing. Uh, it will be eventually, I hope. Um, but, you know, if you haven't seen it, it was a podcast where Lex Friedman and Mark Zuckerberg scanned their bodies with some sort of crazy photogrammetry system and then, or I don't know the exact system, but, and then imported their bodies into, you know, a blank space. I think it was just a dark room and then used the Quest Pro because the Quest Pro has eye tracking and face tracking. So whenever they look or they blink or their facial expressions move or they laugh, their avatar, their like scanned body also laughs in the video. And it's, it's very convincing. Um, mm. And I'm sure it's even crazier in VR because obviously you never get the full effect with the, just the 2D screen. Um, so. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I don't think I watched the full interview, but I watched enough of it. I was like, this is insane. This yeah. is, it's just like, I don't know. It, it's, it is incredible to think about how it's going to transform communication. Yeah. I mean, it gets kind of crazy, right? Cause like you think about the end result and we've all just have scam scanned avatars in a virtual world. You start going down the, the simulation theory rabbit hole, you know, <laughs> like, Wait, is this sure. already has this already happened? Um, yeah, yeah. I one, wonder. Yeah. The the other thing I was going to talk about with the Quest Three is um, it has, uh, I guess, a lidar sensor or not a lidar, uh, depth sensor, which the Quest Pro does not have. But the depth sensor is really great because now you can essentially overlay virtual objects onto the real world um mm. you know i think like originally magic leap was kind of the first you know or not magic leap leap motion no magic leap brain they had that they had a depth What's sensor on theirs i can't quite remember uh anyways regardless my point is is like now well i think hopefully in the future yeah, magic leap. i'll be able to like draw a chair and like set it on the ground instead of having to like kind of float it in the ground. Right. Or like trying to adjust it, you know, and I keep telling gravity sketch team, they should add, add some gravity you know, <laughs> to the gravity sketch. Do they have, they have a snap to ground feature. That's, that's one thing I want. I also just want like snap to any surface, um, right. like the wall, if I'm doing like a, a sconce or like a tabletop, um, or also just occlusion, like, if I sketch something in the studio and I walk around behind my desk, the desk in theory could cover up that geometry mm. and make it even look mm. more realistic. Yeah. And I think, you know, I know these things kind of seem a little like small and silly, um, but the more realistic the design, the more, you know, convincing it is and the, the better you can kind of evaluate, you know, a, a future prototype of it. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's getting really crazy. Powerful. Yeah, that's cool. I, um, yeah, I mean, augmented reality, it's, it's just funny. Like I was at a trade show a couple months ago and it's funny how many, like there's so many like gimmicks that are happening at trade shows all the time. But like, the thing I've always felt like augmented reality kind of is like the most captivating of all of these newer technologies, just because like, you know, I, I saw that there was this one booth that had VR for like their products, but like, especially in a trade show setting, like you're removing yourself from the conversation and from the person in front of you, like, you know, stepping into VR. And I just feel like if we can get to that AR moment where we can still have that face-to-face -face communication, but there's like overlaid on top of that is a bunch of information. Um, 
and just and and so that's like enriching the interaction rather than removing you from it yeah yeah i mean you know this future's gonna be wild man um i did you think could of see people's power levels you know <laughs> <laughs> ah yeah it's kind of crazy because like you know i it can get a little dystopian but i was like looking at something the other day that maybe it was like a tiktok or a reel where someone was talking about these websites now that you can upload a photo of someone and it scrapes the internet and figures who's the person, who the person is. I don't know if you've seen these or not, Mm. Um, but there's like, you know, multiple, and it uses AI to kind of figure out facial recognition and stuff. But you kind of extrapolate that into AR where you like walk around and like everyone's Instagram handle and like follower count is like above their head, (laughs) (laughs) which is, is, it's like the one, uh, black Mirror episode where they're where the girl's like trying to get five stars and then she goes all the way down to one star oh yeah like her social by the way how does how does the minor details podcast feel about threads now oh i guess it's been a bit three months yeah yeah we were were testing it out last time using i've stopped using the app completely i've i pop it open once a week just to check on it oh no nick you've gone well, you're back. Okay. I'm, I'm sorry, James. I don't know what's going on with this. That's all good. No worries. Um, but yeah, threads. I, oh, I, I have a, I have a conclusion to my theory on threads, mm. which I think was probably a very similar theory to how we initially thought, which is, I think Instagram people and Twitter people are just different people. <laughs> like, yep. You know, the people trying to post Twitter content on threads are just instagram people trying to post twitter content and it they're not i don't want to say they're not good at it but they're <laughs> twitter people are way better t- at writing tweets they're too vapid and shallow <laughs> to to post anything funny but to be fair <laughs> also uh on twitter people don't care about pretty pictures <laughs> like you know so it, it goes both ways um yeah, that's that's my conclusion is that there's just different communities on different apps and it's hard to really bridge that gap. Totally. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll I, see. You never know. I don't I have mean, Elon, Elon's, you know, could burn the servers down. I don't know. <laughs> He's always doing something crazy. Yeah, I don't have time for much of anything, you know, <laughs> much less like pontificating about like the daily mind farts that go through <laughs> my head but um but yeah i don't know there's something there's something about threads i just like from the from the jump it's like the the app first of all like the ai or the ui is like almost too clean it's like too bare mm-hmm. in a way you want it to be um, a little bit more grungy or messed up or something? Yeah, I don't I don't know. It's like I feel like it is like peak minimal, you know. Yeah. It's just it's like as minimal as it can be. And it's there's nice. something there's something about that that I don't like. It's it's it, like there's maybe no, it's, there's no sense of character. That's a good point. Maybe it's kind of like it does feel almost like the equivalent of I guess the next iPhone coming out where it's like, okay, yeah, you perfected it. Like it's nice. Definitely. But it's not something to talk about, I guess, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure that that was like a deliberate decision, you know, to be, to be that sort of clean because the original Facebook, the original Facebook, I remember the UI being such like a revelation in how minimal it was. Because before that was my MySpace, and MySpace was just like that was total post grunge Nickelback, like just so chaotic. Because people had like much more control uh, over what their profile looked like, and you know that's where like giving people the power to design their own things sometimes it can either lead to something really unexpected and cool or it can lead to like the most like grotesquely just, you know, I don't know. I mean, now, 
we would probably look at like those profiles that were just like you know overloaded with aesthetic <laughs> and be like this is kind of amazing but when facebook came out it was like you know everybody's profile looked immaculate it, the pro the the app was so minimal um it was it was really nice yeah but uh but then fa i mean facebook now is like totally overloaded with buttons and features so it's funny like looking across the different like facebook apps or meta apps or whatever what's the parent company now is it meta yeah meta. um like how how they're treated differently and threads is just like bare bones yeah it's the feature creep i think i think it's yeah i mean this is uh, i don't know this is a but what's like the the idea. opposite of feature creep i mean it's like it, it's like austere i i don't know the that app just has no flavor um it, uh yeah yeah it's like toasted bread no butter <laughs> no, that's a, a good well we'll see we'll see maybe you know who know you never know maybe threads comes back around sometimes it takes a while for these things to catch on okay we all know you have stock in meta okay Nick. i'm 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 yeah no i got i got way more stock in uh elon so no yeah. okay but i don't discriminate listen we, we, <laughs> we enjoy all the builders here mm -hmm. um Another, oh, I did want to just plug this right quick since we were kind of talking about the VR stuff. I uh, am speaking at the Gravity Sketch Around conference uh, November 29th. It's just, uh, it's a virtual thing, so you can, you'll be able to see it um, on your computer. And yeah, go check it out, gravitysketch.com. And I think... Can you can see it in VR? They should do that. Is there a VR audience? I mean, come on. I don't, I, I don't know why we're not doing that. I got I to gotta call up Danielle. Everybody should everybody should have to draw their own chair to sit in in the auditorium. Um, That'd be kind of a crazy, uh, crazy like demo to do for like a yeah a class. Yeah, um, that's cool. Um, um, one other thing, one other update for me. Go for we it. Can, we can talk about. I know you have a, a fast a little fascination you've been dealing with, so. Um, <laughs> I've been trying to get my newsletter to be more consistent. <laughs> In other words, I've been writing, I've been tr forcing myself to write some more. Um, I don't know if you ever got to read my, when I wrote, I guess maybe it's been two months now. It was about 12 writing. years ago. Yes. I think I, I think I read that. <laughs> Gosh. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was like a, an interesting, you know, it's an interesting endeavor for me. I know we have mentioned writing a little bit on the podcast, but you know, it's a it's a great way for me to really get my thoughts out on the page and formulate them into a much more cohesive and coherent, um, I don't know, thesis. You know, podcasting is great; it's like casual and fun. We can riff on stuff, but I feel like writing has started to help me form more thoughts around complex topics that is much harder to do any other way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, I applaud, I applaud what you're doing. I'm not, I don't do a lot of writing. I probably should. It would help clarify a lot of thoughts in my head. Um, what do it's you hard. find? It's so what do you yeah, what do you find to be the biggest challenge? Coming up with a topic or where to start or... I think it's kind of the structure and the... Edit. It's. I think another part is like... I, I really struggle with writing and editing at the same time. You know, you should always write first and then go back and edit. And I struggle, struggle with like writing a sentence and then deleting it and then rewriting it and then keep like that is not i need to really train myself to do better about that and then also yeah. just like form a structure in a co coherent like idea like i feel like i can go off on tangents and yeah um, I don't know. oh it's, man whenever i had to my, write it's my papers, weakness for sure 
whenever I had to write papers for like school, they always started like 2 a.m. the night before. <laughs> it's just like agony of of like where to begin. Like and yeah. I just I I'm I am certain that I'm a terrible writer. Um <laughs> I need a lot of editing. Luck luckily, yeah, growing up my mom was was a good editor and and you know now my wife Allison like she did a lot of writing in her career she's like an excellent writer every time she reads my writing she's like what what is this <laughs> what do you do? like i i have this like habit of writing in like ye old english style like grammar yeah. i don't know it's very weird <laughs> you're like alas alas yeah. i came up with the design <laughs> oh man yeah it's it's weird but um no, I think it's like, I do think it's important. It seems like, it seems like a lot of the great designers do a lot of writing. Yeah. I think a lot of them do it kind of at the end of their career where they're, you know, kind of settled in and, and are more knowledgeable, but I'm doing it now because neither of those things. And uh, I'm sure I'll make I mistakes, remember but it's okay. listening to an interview once with Karim Rashid where he talked about at some point early on in his career, he taught he taught um, a college course on the history of ID, and he had to like basically design the course from scratch, and that that helped. From what I remember, what he said was that like sort of helped to figure out like his own point of view. Mm. That, w- that was an aspect of it was like really, really engaging with and understanding like how other designers approach their work um, throughout history. Yeah. Well, I feel like there's a saying like that where it's like, if you want to learn a topic, teach the topic, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. Um, That's all well, I've been doing. Just, you know, hanging out and writing. <laughs> 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 well, while you have been, um, you know, probably printing 2D, I've been printing 3D. I, uh, I, so I've, you know, I saw all this buzz about the bamboo printers. Um, I think I saw it from Spencer Nugent, sketch a day that he had, he had some bamboo labs printers and he was just raving about them that they're like so fast and, and the quality is really good. And so, you know, got to Remcon, we have one printer. It's like a Creality. It's not a very fast printer, but it's got a large print bed. But, you know, I was just like, can we, can we get another printer? And I got the go ahead. And so I bought a bamboo um, the carbon X one C with the AMS, the, like the, the sort of carriage for the filament that, that helps with, um, loading filament. Does it change the filament too? Can you do different? Yeah. It it loads and changes the filaments. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So some of the benefits of the bamboo printer, obviously we're not, we're not sponsored by bamboo, but yeah. Um, I'm trying Jamie. You know, I'm It can print multicolor. Um, so if you have multiple filaments, different colors, you can go into the slicer, their slicer program, and and designate different parts of your print as different colors, you know, synced with your um with your AMS system. Um and say, you know, because it'll it'll know if you if you load their filament, it'll like automatically know what color it is what type it is everything but if you load another filament you just have to input that in but then yeah it'll just it'll print multicolor prints which is wild the only thing it does seem like kind of a wasteful way of printing i mean unless you know if you were doing it in large quantities, because basically what it's doing is it's like every single layer, it's switching from one 
filament to the other, but every time it does that, it purges material and kicks it out, and you just end up with like tons of purge. Right. Um, but it's you know, the thing that I love about it is like one of the most reliable printers I've ever had and I've ever experienced. And it just like super easy to set up and use. And it's so fast. It's crazy how fast it is. Like four times the speed of like any printer I've ever used, which is huge. That's why you're talking. Yeah. You're talking about like, you know, a f- like four hour print versus a 16 hour print type deal. Um, it's just, it's, it's insane. And you can change the speed levels. I, I did have some issues adjusting the speed once, you know, it just like, I don't know if I didn't have it calibrated correctly, but, um, but it's, it's wild. And it's totally just like reinvigorated my love of 3d printing because I've had a maker bot for a while, but I haven't set it up in a long time. And, it's, 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 I, it's, I, I always, I liked MakerBot. I liked, I think the slicer software for MakerBot, everything was designed to be very approachable and sort of consumer friendly. But like, and I didn't have as many issues as some other people with like getting prints off that thing. And, you know, there's I mean, little f- hacks and things that you can do. I, I will say, obviously, for the, for the era that they were producing in, you know, it was great. It was good. They were just like way ahead of the curve of like doing like wanting to do a consumer focused 3D printer. Um, It's been like six or seven years since then. So yeah, things have come a long way. But the bamboo, yeah, the bamboo labs, I'm just like, I'm in love with 3D printing again. And one of the things that I've been going down the rabbit hole of on YouTube is like, is just designing for 3d printing and i found like i found especially one account that's of a print farm you know so basically just a gigantic um like i think they have an old um like aircraft what's the what what's the the thing i'm looking for hangar yeah they have a whole aircraft hangar in boise idaho i think it is full of 3d printers and they're mass manufacturing 3d printed parts which i didn't know that there was like an industry for that but apparently there is yeah and apparently it's it's doing pretty well because you know people have aircraft hangers full of 3d printers so this company slant i think it's slant 3d um they're like ceo does videos constantly talking about designing for mass manufacturing 3d printing and like the do's and don'ts and tips and tricks. And it's just been really interesting because I, you know, for the longest time, whenever I've approached 3d printing, I've been like, Oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to design this part. You know, it's for another process, but I'm going to get a feel for it in 3d printing and it's just going to be one part. And so I'm not really that concerned with like optimizing it necessarily for 3d printing, but just like I, I don't think I ever really thought about like the day would come where 3d printing as we know it in sort of the FDM style. And I'm sure that there are SLA print farms as well, but just like, how do you optimize for that process if you're making parts in bulk? Yeah. And it's just, it's been, I don't know. It's just like, it's been fun because I think, as you know, as much as constraints can feel kind of frustrating at times, I, I mean, I always love understanding the constraints so that you can figure out what, how you can adjust yourself and you can get the design you want, um, out of the process. And so to me, it's, it's just been fun to go down that rabbit hole and to like, think about it as a mass manufacturing process. Yeah, I mean, like, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I watched some of these. You had posted them in the Discord. I had watched some of them as well. And I think what's, I mean, there's a few things I like about this video. One is the CEO is literally making amazing content on 3D printing. And he's also, you know, in, as a result, promoting his business. So I think it's just like a really good, smart business move that you don't really see that often. Like, 
you know, mm. you don't see like, I'm trying to think of a good example, but like essentially he's telling you all these amazing things you can do with 3d printing. And as an engineer, you're like, Oh, that's great. I wonder who can make these parts. And he's like, Oh, I just happen to own the print farm. And it's, like, oh, it's very smart, very smart. Um, but the one video I was, I just, I had just played it recently. Um, was every, I guess every part that he had now analyzes, like the one I was watching was, he was like, uh, sometimes you needed a vent to like cover a fan or something in your product. And most vents are made out of mesh or wire or something like that. But with 3D printing, you can do all kinds of unique things. And he started showing more different, you know, applications where you like, you can add a hole, but the hole like goes up and around or comes off the side. So you're like taking air in from the side instead of the front. Mm. And he was just mm. like explaining all these things that 3d printing can do that traditional manufacturing methods cannot. And I think, I think that was like the really kind of unique and insightful thing that I got out of it. Um, yeah. Well, you know, the thing, the thing is, of course, when you're talking about mass manufacturing, you're always trying to think about like, how can you reduce reduce the steps that it takes to once the part comes off the machine to be ready to ship? And so like the idea of like excessive support material is like, you know, it's not a great thing for mass manufacturing, 3D printing. So like he's often talking about ways that you can avoid using a ton of support material and so how you can orient your print and like the thing the the big thing that i got out of him was just like chamfers like chamfering something upward instead of like obviously like a right angle you know like cantilever you're you're printing it onto nothing you know, you're not connecting it to anything. Right. You need if support. you were to do something that was like L-shaped, like an L, an L-shape upside down, but if you connect that with an angle, like that angle upward is going to like give you all of that, all the material you need to like to bridge that gap. You know, because it's just going to take it one, essentially one step at a time, and you could do it with a fillet, but you know, one of the things that he was pointing out is just like curves because of the 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 layering the 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 height of the layering and everything curves don't always look so great on 3d printing because you get it expresses those layers right much more um you know it's not to say you can't use them and with the bamboo labs printers like the layering is like so tight and so clean like it's not it's not as 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 bad as some other printers have been in the past but um yeah just like little things like that i saw somebody i think it was a different video but i saw somebody taking like they had created like this threading system with like threads coming off or like threaded things coming off of the side but all of the threads were just like you know it was like three quarters of the cylinder with right. the thread the and the other be... part was like up at an angle, yeah. <laughs> you know? And so you could print that whole thing without support and like, you know, thread a nut onto that. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it, it is, it's cool. To, like, especially with this guy's videos, it's fun to watch him because it's just like so much, um, it's like an inspiration database. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, I, you know, I wish I, I, maybe there are, but I just don't know of other manufacturing people that are taking their process and going like, and here's how you would do this in this process, like meticulously breaking down like different scenarios of how you would approach the Wait, same we, problem. Oh, we probably should shout this guy out. What's his name? Or what's Oh his yeah. Name? The, well, the company is Slant 3D. Slant. So that's, you just search slant 3d on YouTube, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I mean, too, well, go ahead. I, I was just going to also mention that I feel like there has been quite a few, I guess, 3d printing houseware companies popping up. Um, 
and I, I feel like obviously Gantry has been around for quite some time and they were definitely a pioneer in the space. Um, but like there's a lot of little kind of small shops now that are 3d printing objects. And, um, you know, there's obviously Wooj, uh, our friend Wooj in Brooklyn, you know, they've done some 3d printed lamps, but the one I was looking at mm. recently was this one called human home. Mm. which apparently seems to be based in LA. But the unique thing about this one that is kind of different than the other ones is like they aren't, they aren't mentioning 3d printing. Um, Mm. And their parts are 3d printed. And it's just, it's interesting kind of the marketing perspective of like, okay, maybe we kind of, we do 3d print these objects and they're beautiful objects. They're really nicely printed. Um, they're lights, a lot of lights. Um, and there is some kind of unique things. Like there's a lamp that when it turns on, it kind of creates this gridded structure or linear grid or I guess linear lines, um, you know, which was kind of similar to my, you know, pixel light idea where you can only really achieve those effects with 3D printing. Yeah. Um, but they don't even mention it. It's just like, I think what it, it says something <laughs> like, engineered polymer which is kind of a feels like a little bit of a weird marketing term but whatever yeah um it's cool yeah i mean it's a it's it's good to see somebody approach it that way because like yeah i mean maybe printing has gotten to the point where the average consumer is not just like like unless you point it out they're not really thinking about it right um they might just think like, oh, that's a, that's a cool thing. And it's like nice I, quality nowadays. You know, it's not this yeah. like weird, you know, crappy, you know, 3D print stuff now. It's like yeah. really fine and beautiful looking. Whereas I do feel like in the, you know, we talked about the footwear, like 3D printed footwear recently. Oh, speaking and of I that. And I do feel like, I do feel like they're celebrating. They're, they're sort of like celebrating the, uh, the process as like a novelty. Well, what yeah, do we so got? What what do we got here? I, I got myself a little pair. Oh, oh, um, of Zellerfelds, I guess. Uh, and this these are designed by Kadar Benjamin, a friend, and uh, I think also a fellow listener of the pod. Um, yeah, they're kind of wild, man. I've, I, you know, this is my first time. You, you got some too, right? Did you I haven't some? gotten any? Okay. No. Maybe there was something there. I thought I thought Kader said he sent you some, but um, I was not sure what to expect with these because they're really squishy. Mm. Um, and I was like, are they going to be, you know, do they, are they going to be feel comfortable? And they are comfortable. It, it's a wild thing, man. I wish you could feel them yourself, but that's cool. How, how, you've worn them. Uh, I've just put them on once. Uh, I haven't really worn them around. I I probably could. Maybe maybe I should. Give yeah, you should good, do it. Good test drive. Part part of me was like, maybe yeah. I should take photos first. I don't know. I gotta figure that he, out. He um, he designed them it with with AI as an aid, right? Yeah, That's like that was part of his the like the design of the shoe is di- designed in conjunction with AI. Um, and I think Kader was the first one to really do it. He was obviously one of the first ones with access to all the, the dolly, you know, mid journey stuff. Um, yeah, that's sweet. So it's crazy to kind of see that come to life. Yeah. But, um, Oh, I was going to mention, Oh, I, um, my Allison and my anniversary was, was recently. And so I actually, because of my newfound love of 3d printing, I actually bought a, um, a Boehm, um or bohm i don't know how they pronounce it but uh one of their vases yeah and i printed that out it, they have these vases that look like like the texture on it looks like a giant like giant brush strokes it's really cool looking and so yeah. i i i uh printed that out and gave it to her yeah that's cool. it's cool i mean well bohm, I, I do also, they do they they just sell the files right is that correct? I think they also you can buy complete stuff. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another but, one that's like really beautifully. I I feel like there's just 
yeah, it just feels like there's this explosion of kind of taking 3D printing and instead of doing like crappy 3D printed things, it's like you're creating actually beautiful objects that you would actually use, you would wear on your feet, you would put in your home, you would add a, you know, yeah. Yeah, the other thing that I've that I've noticed is there's a I saw there were two different videos. There's this guy um, Zach Friedman who has Voidstar Labs, and he's just this like super eccentric 3D print guy. He's like always wearing a I think he made it himself, but it's essentially like a Google Glass. Like he's made his own like you know wearable computer. He's just like a, he's, you know, he's like a tinkerer, maker kind of guy, but he's like big into 3D printing. And I guess he created this open source thing called Gridfinity, which is just like a way of, of like, yeah, printing out this grid system. And then you have these different like components that can fit into it. And so like, you know, open source. So other people are designing all sorts of stuff for it. Um, well, yeah. Well, there's a whole drama there, you know, uh, there is, oh tell me about it <laughs> yeah so i i didn't realize that that his his name void star um voice void star labs is that what you said uh is that what infinity yeah void star lab um i i, I can't you know i won't say ex i can't really say exactly you know who was the original i guess idea of, I it's it's a modular organization for your drawers right like it's not a super original idea but there was a guy on the, another guy on YouTube who designed this modular system um and I I wish I could remember his name yeah are you are you talking about um he did a Alexander yes. Chappelle yes yeah he did he did one for the his kitchen yes I think Alexander Chappelle was the first one to do it um, oh, and then I think he was selling his on his website and then Voidstar right. went and open sourced, you know, made a heavily inspired design and open sourced it. Um, oh, I, hope, man. I hope that's right. Maybe I don't, don't quote me on that story, but I just know that there was some like interesting dynamic there of open source versus who, who created the thing. Um, that's funny yeah i also saw that alexander Chappelle video and it was also you know i think his system is a bit more aesthetic yeah um and uh zach friedman his his is like total like gamer th 3d printer right. hobbyist yeah. aesthetic just like you know the uh the, like the RGB overload kind of thing. Well, speaking of these um, 3D printed organizers. But he's got very funny videos, I will say. Zach Goodman, has his videos are very funny. Yeah. It looks like uh, Alexander Chappelle um, just put out a video about these 3D printed organizers for the kitchen. So maybe he's made some new improvements and stuff. I'll have to watch this because I'm curious if he, if maybe he makes a callback to... Is he to, the copier? Uh, well, I, is he my my beef is like no one's copying this idea of organization in your you know in your drawers like nobody has the I, that's what I'm gonna say like obviously yeah. I'm I'm really uh, lenient when it comes to copying it's like guys just move on with your life you know it's like come on I think the yeah I think the novelty is like having the grid system having there being like this baseline grid system underneath yeah. Cause yeah, there was also the that guy, um, Scott Yu Jan, who did that. I feel like there was a viral video of like him going through his drawers, and like measuring everything. Right. And then he three D prints a bunch of stuff to organize a drawer. But I don't think he uses an underlying grid system to like put them in right. place. Mm -hmm. They're just it just fills the void of the drawer like completely yeah um but yeah i don't know it's cool it's regardless uh, i mean it's like you know it's great to be able to just also print out your like organization system i mean i've done like a little bit of like yeah. printing of like drawers for my desk you know yeah yeah um 
But um, I hate to do this, but I, I really need to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, that's all good, man. Uh, um, it's good to but chat. yeah, I, I highly recommend going down the 3D printing rabbit hole, mass manufacturing, 3D printing, just like, you know, it's just like another, it's just another way to think about constraints around design. Um, cause we're all interacting with 3d printers all the time. It also just like gives you helpful ways to approach printing like anything that you're going to print. Definitely. Awesome. Good up, man. Great to, great to do a little yeah. catch up. Yeah, for sure. All right. As always, um, I'm Nick and I'm James. Peace out. Later.